DJ and PK, time to talk Pac-12 football, Utes, Huskies, and Ducks with Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 network analyst. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Do we really have to talk about Ducks? I mean, it's... It's, it pains me to talk about the Ducks. Yeah. But, hey, good morning, guys. What are you going to do? You know, they were picked to Every win the North. Got his day. And the only team that could stop them now is Oregon State. What? Makes sense. <laughs> Oregon would have to get upset, and then Oregon State would have to yeah. win the uh, the game they call the Civil War, and Oregon State would be in the title game, and uh, Larry Scott would drop to his knees and cry. <laughs> Pretty much true. <laughs> But, but, you know, in reference to the to the Utes and Dogs, that was a very entertaining game for a number of reasons. One, you know, I've been waiting for this Utah team to finally put together a a truly signature win that, that defines the tenacity of what Coach has done, has been able to do there over his, his tenure. And, and really, you know, to, to in all honesty, to – Show you fans or give you fans that they know how to finish the season, and and they put it together. I mean, the, the first half went the way it did, but turning it around, making adjustments, playing harder, and finalizing or seeing it through in the second half uh, is what I saw of that Utah, Utah football team. And, and even as a Husky fan uh, and uh, a Husky alumni, um, it was it was it was rewarding. It was a good game. I was proud of you guys. We obviously watch every single play of every game for the Utes, and one of the more startling developments is the just the brilliance of Tyler Huntley. You know, as a senior, you expect him to get better each year, but in all honesty, I did not expect him to be this good. He has been sensational. What level of surprise do you have as far as his play this year? I think it's, if you look over the tenure of his time there at Utah, just the natural progression from when he came in. We talked, we were doing this stuff a couple of years back. Um, you know, his not being able to, to scan the field or had a strong arm, had potential, but just used his legs and got hurt a couple of times. That sort of natural pro- progression and maturity, and sort of, and also understanding what his talents and the people around him and how to use it. You've got a run game, but the big thing when you talk about, especially in the second half, was time of possession. And that takes a very smart quarterback along with the teamwork of the offensive coordinator and, more importantly, just a, the total out, outing of your offense. Um, but, the, but time of possession and controlling the clock and picking up you know, big third downs, keeping the chains moving, that's a, that's a true sign of maturity. And you don't see it out of a lot of quarterbacks because in today's game everything seems to be rushed. Um, but, but as far as development and maturity, I, I, I think the, the world of Huntley, I think he did a great job. You know, all those things make sense, but even if I thought everything that came together, I didn't think he'd be completing 73 or 74% of his passes while pushing the ball down the field. They run some deep stuff. They run a lot of medium-range stuff. It's not all, you know, short Dinkin and Duncan. But you're a former offensive lineman. I'm curious what you thought about this. Nick Ford, a Utah offensive lineman, was talking about the confidence they got um, <clears throat> as the game was going along. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you hear a play in the huddle and already know, and he started to get this smile. And, you know, sometimes when you're talking to me, you're just, it's four minutes, I'm just going to get through it, and I'll be done, right? But he got this smile, and you could just see that he was standing in the huddle, and he was actually hearing play calls and thinking, I knew that was going to be a big play. When, it, when everyone's on the same page, do you get that? Is it pretty rare in football? Do you get it pretty often where you're standing in the huddle and you just already know this is going to be big? 
it really is fun because in my in my experience, um, when you reach that sense of maturity or the game hits it, they they, they use the, the saying that it slows down where everything seems to be in slow motion. And it's exactly true. When you're clicking and you're running in such a rhythm, no matter what you call, you know it's going to work to some degree, the game slows down and it looks like you're seeing it in slow motion. With that being said, when you have this type of experience, especially a quarterback, and I love the intermediate passing game that the Utes have. I really do because you don't see a lot of it. You either see, you know, you take some long shots with 50-50 balls or, or you see you want to, you know, dank sideline to sideline, as you mentioned, the short, the short game. But I love the intermediate passing game. But when you're in a huddle and you know that you've got things going on and you have that sort of just vibe about you that if, um, you know, look, if we keep this yeah, as an offensive lineman, if we keep him standing up, he'll be able to do his job. We'll be able to move the ball. Uh, I, I think that's really a great thing, a great jail. And, and it's, it really is fun. It really makes football fun. So do you see any way either of these two teams, speaking of the Ducks or Utes, lose until they play each other in the conference final next month? Well, it's, it's, there's always potential for letdown, but I'm hoping not. And the reason why is because I really do want the pack to perform in, uh, in the college playoff. And, and I just – if both of the teams, the Utah – the Utes and the Ducks run the table and the, the winner of that game, I can't – I'm not saying it's impossible. And, and there are scenarios where you would – I'd be frustrated if it happened. But if the winner came out um, of that and was not in the playoff, it would be very disappointing. See, I think that if – and it, the great thing about college football is in November, there's usually some shocking scores. Just, just totally surprises. But if there are no surprises, I think the team that wins, if Utah and Oregon are 11-1, the, the winner that's 12-1 is going to be sixth in the college football rankings unless there's surprises and chaos in front of them. Now, how much higher they get just depends on how much chaos and how many surprises. But don't you think the Big Ten champ, the SEC champ – uh, Clemson, uh, assuming either Baylor's undefeated or if Oklahoma's a one-loss Big 12 champ, uh, and then whoever loses the LSU-Alabama game. I, I think there's at least five teams in front of the Pac-12 champ. Yeah, and that's and that's a scenario that you have to play with. Uh, uh, to me, there's only one team that really, you know, that if doesn't win their conference championship and will get in, um, and that's Alabama. If they, you know, I, I, I just seriously foresee that. And that's unfortunate because that fourth spot can be a critical spot. But what I'm hoping in, like, one of the scenarios you talked about when you talk about, um, say, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, if Oklahoma runs the table and they beat Baylor in the Big, Ten, the Big 12 championship, it is what it is. But then you take in consideration the loss, say, let's just say, let's just throw it out for Oregon, um, wins the Pac-12. And then their loss becomes against a strong Auburn SEC team. However, Oklahoma's loss becomes against uh, Kansas State. You see what I'm saying? Weighing the options back and forth. I mean, the truth comes down to it. They just need to have more teams. That's just what it comes down to. But until we get to that point, somebody is going to be heartbroken. Someone's going to be left out. And and I'm hoping that, as we talked about, if these two Pac-12 teams run the table and everything, the chips fall in front of them. Because, look, I think LSU can beat Alabama. And I think LSU can possibly win the SEC championship. But we already know the playoff is not going to exclude the SEC champion. So that's one spot taken. And you know, you know and, I, and I know that you're going to have a hard time not putting Alabama in the conversation. Um, no matter how many games. They, I mean, if they lose and don't play an SEC championship, you already know that's not going to happen. So we talked about Huntley's substantial improvement. Have you seen the same thing out of Herbert? And obviously he's a senior. Yes, but the the big thing for Herbert that that um, is the the 
pro prospect and, and the concussion issues and the injuries issues. But I have seen that development out of Herbert. Um, he's more uh, – you see the problem that the NFL scouts and talking to a lot of people I hear, the problem is, is that there's a transition – in the realm of quarterback, especially when you talk about guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray uh, and their ability to run on the next level, the Russell Wilson. So you have a lot of people who are looking forward to that. But Herbert's one of those throwback, prototypical standing tall in the pocket, Peyton Manning's, those type of guys. So you still have a lot of scouts and a lot of teams that are looking for that. With that draft potential or that draft preview being on the horizon, it'll be interesting to see. But I have seen the same amount of development and and maturity out of Herbert. That's why I think, you know, know, projecting – I think it's, it would be uh, beneficial if Eason from Washington comes back for his senior year. So I'm curious, and it's a long way out to handicap the game, and there could certainly be injuries between now and then, and teams can get better between now and then. But when they do the playoff, they do the whole comparative schedule. And see, Auburn, Oregon played Auburn and right. played them tough and didn't yeah. seal the deal when they could have, would have, should have. And they blew out USC and they edged Washington. Utah doesn't have an Auburn on their schedule. They lost to a USC team that Oregon blew out, and both the mm-hmm. games were in the Coliseum. And they both had close games with Washington and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, should you fans be worried about that, or do the Utes have a defensive line that's going to pressure the quarterback and be a huge equalizer, and this game lives on its own, and don't worry about the competitive score stuff? And then when you take in the intangibles of the stats, the fact that defense is leading the country, rush defense, I think that stands out. Um, I, I think potentially if you have, let's say you have a, not, a, non-blow, a good game between these two teams in the Pac-12, then I think considering how tough one another plays is going to weigh heavily on their ability to get into the college playoff spot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I think it would be there's more to it than that, but certainly, yes, that would matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a good game on, uh, on national television, um, showcasing both of these teams, their strengths and their abilities to do. And if, it, if, it, if it's a battle that goes back and forth and it is, you know, it's not lopsided, um, even if it was lopsided, depending on the resume, then, you know, it would probably have to be Oregon be lopsided. But if Utah came out and dominated Oregon and, and did it in such a way where they completely shut down, that would, that would bode well for them as well. Obviously, Lincoln, you've been around football for a long time. You've been a pillar, College Hall of Fame. You go up to Washington Stadium. Uh, I think it's called whatever Alaska Stadium or Husky Stadium. I guess the <laughs> basketball Stadium, is. Just call it uh, Husky Stadium. Keep it simple. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know they got all those banners. And you're so I went up there to cover the game for the, my station. Brought my wife. I said, "Yeah, that's that guy that we talk to every week." So she was <laughs> impressed. You know, you get a big banner. So you've been around and you're playing. You're working the NFL and all this stuff. I'm wondering if this new athletic director picked up the phone and called you and said from athletic director at SC and said Lincoln what do we need to do to build a solid program because these last several years we've been hot we've been cold we've run through a slew of coaches and we certainly haven't been like we're capable of being and have been for many years what would you tell this new AD as far as building a football program that's sustainable along the, the right way over the long term I've always believed a college program, especially, takes on the identity of its head coach. And that identity is defined not only by past actions, but just by their feeling or the feel that you get, does does that person belong? When you're talking about L.A., you automatically think about the glamour and glitz. And so someone 
you know, someone that might, you know, definitely would seem out of place. I mean, it's, it, I, I think Helton really has seen him out of place because he's really never gotten a fair shake. But if I was to push in the right direction, I would say, you know what, I think you guys should go after somebody like a Jack Del Rio or somebody like a Fisher who's been there, who's been through the program, who knows what SC football means to Southern California as well as to the entire country. It's hard to take on someone new. Now, the whole thing about Urban Meyer, and and we talked about this beginning of the season, I told you there were grumblings the moment he got the Fox job that this is what there was going to be um, looking for. And I've heard since then the reason why Lynn Swan stepped down and everything has been in turmoil is because they didn't want to support the fact of going after an Urban Meyer. They didn't think it was good for the program, especially with the past history. With that being said, he's still a hot commodity. And now that Florida State is open and Urban Meyer is still on the open seat, you already know the names that are going to be thrown around. But in order to escape just getting caught up in all the hype and do a good program, I think you need somebody who reflects on that program. And that's why I said, like, a, you know, the other uh, aforementioned names of, uh, you know, Del Rio. I think Del Rio would be a right, for the, a right fit for SC because he, he knows coaching, he knows football, he's, he's done it on a higher level and had some success. And I think he'd be ideal. I, I don't know how he is as far as a recruiter, but, you know, you can always hire those people around you to help you get that done. You know, as we, uh, as we look at some of the other successful programs and conferences, you look at the SEC, they got five teams at seven and two or better. Now, I know they play eight mm-hmm. conference games, not nine, so it's a mm-hmm. little apples and oranges, but you look at the Pac-12, and there's only two teams that are better than uh, five and four right now. I guess three, because Arizona State's five and three. But it still looks like there's not going to be anybody better than eight and four, and it was a big win for Utah over Washington, but Washington's going to be eight and four, maybe seven and five. Are there any other programs that you think can get it together right away? In addition, obviously, Utah and Oregon seem to have it rolling. Well, I mean, let's put it in perspective. As I said many times in talking to you guys, I love the Pac-12 because I love the fact that there's competition throughout. It's not just top-heavy. And when you look at, and I, I made the argument on my show many a times about the argument on SEC and even ACC and all the big, the, the big names, they're playing the schedule game. I mean, last week, one of the teams had Wolford on their schedule. I mean, in Coastal Carolina. If you look at Alabama's schedule, they either get a bye before one of the premier big games uh, versus LSU or someone else, or they're taking on a cupcake late in the season. And to me, there's no reason why any school – I mean, you should be playing a cupcake in November or October. You know what I mean? But that's exactly what the schedule makers have done for these big schools. So with that being said, I think there will be a time where the committee needs to take that in consideration. I understand you have to play your league, your conference games, but when you're scheduling a cupcake or a buy between uh, premier games, and Washington did it, but it didn't work out for them. They lost to Oregon and ended up losing to Utah. Uh, you know, if you're you're not playing top five or power five conference t- uh, teams throughout the season, especially after your non-conference games, then uh, including your non-conference games, then to me it, your schedule is is, is weak. I, I just don't pay that that mind because these other teams aren't as good as the top tier teams on in those conferences. New Mexico State's at Ole Miss this week. 0-8 New Mexico go. State. There it is. So You see what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's things like that. Lincoln, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, talk to you next week as the Utes get ready for UCLA. The two teams that Kyle Winningham points out both have a clear path and don't need any help to the, uh, to the conference title game. True story. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lincoln. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network Analyst and Raider Analyst. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Also join us from the Wasatch Medical Clinic, Andrew Reinhardt, who is here with a special offer for our listeners who like deals. That's one of their favorite words. That's right. That's right. We, um, we're treating erectile dysfunction um, with a new breakthrough treatment that does not require pills. It's becoming well known for what it's not. It's not a pill. Um, it's basically a device that opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body and will result in more blood flow where you want it, when you want it. Um, so cool. Guys have struggled and suffered in silence with this issue. Uh, but the special offer you mentioned is we're doing an initial analysis and an exam, a blood flow ultrasound with our medical doctor, totally free. Um, so, guys, if you're struggling with ED, call us right now. It's a $300 value, and you can come in and get analyzed with no obligation. You may say, the treatments aren't for me, um, but come on in and see where you're at. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Why hasn't medication worked for some people? Well, I think that your body builds up a tolerance. So it may work initially, and then guys have to take more and more, and that means the side effects get worse. Um, I don't see many guys in their 60s or 70s that the pill still works on. It's usually worn out by then, and they've moved on to injections or crazier things um they want it to work like it used to they don't want to have to take the pills and as far as i know our treatment is the only thing that does that by increasing the blood flow 801-901-8000 that's the number for the wasatch medical clinic thank you andrew thank you and now attention top of the wire on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network College basketball starts tonight. 17th-ranked Utah State opens the season against Montana State tonight in Logan. You listen to the game on the Zone Sports Network beginning at 6. BYU opens the season at the Marriott Center, 7 o'clock against Cal State Fullerton on BYU TV. Utah opens the season in Reno. They're playing the Nevada Wolfpack at 8.30 on the CBS Sports Network. Monday Night Football goes to the Cowboys. They down the Giants 37-18. Wide receiver Josh Gordon passed his physical with the Seahawks. Has been cleared to practice ahead of the Monday Night Football showdown with the Niners next Monday. Top of the wire brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Beginning and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. When you look at what Andy Ludwig did in this game, he became worth every single penny that you're paying him. The adjustments that Ludwig made, the heart that the Utah leadership showed, the game that Tyler Huntley played, the game that Zach Moss played, Zach Moss fought for every inch that he earned. Every yard he gained was a hard-fought yard. This team, guys, this team deserves it, a shot. I'm telling you, it's got that kind of 0-4 feel to it right now they deserve a shot man if they get to the end of the season without any more hiccups and face a one-loss Oregon team and they don't get the nod we got to figure out how we're going to handle it's just going to be criminal here in the state catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network it's Tuesday people Wednesday's a big day 
Free tickets all day here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This Wednesday, your chance to win tickets to the Salt Lake City Stars. Get into the action by grabbing your Stars tickets today. Experience the excitement and community of Salt Lake City Stars basketball all season long. Ticket options include single-game tickets, group experiences, premium seating, and season ticket packages. Call 801-325-STAR and get your tickets today. PK, the question's up on our Facebook page. If Oregon and Utah meet, and they're both 11-1, and does the winner make the college football playoff? If you don't love me by now, if you don't know me by now, when will you ever, ever, ever know me? Huh? <laughs> you heard every word that I said. I did, but I don't know what that respond- has to do with the college football playoff. It has everything to do. If you don't love them now, when are you going to love them? Next year. Mm. Yeah. The year after, five years down the road. Asking any team to go undefeated in a conference that's known for parity, and then when they lose a single game, oh my gosh, you're awful. In a conference that's playing nine games. You don't belong. Yep. That's what I'm saying. So you're going to get this year, the conference is top-heavy, but at the same time, it's also consistently mediocre. I mean, there's really... I think Colorado's the worst team at 3-6, and six, right? I think you're right. Yeah, And there's everybody no, else is like 4-5, 5-4, 5-3 uh, if you have if you had, if you had a buy. Right, the ASU's yeah, had, had their buy. extra buy. Yeah, right. so you put Colorado at the bottom, barely though, barely, not completely, but just barely, and then you put the two teams at the top, and then everybody else, you're just pulling names out of a hat on a given week. So there's, it's buried in its mediocrity, but at the same time, that mediocrity, these teams that are mediocre aren't horrible. So my point is, because they're not horrible, on a given, in this case, Friday, you have one of those teams that is in that mediocre list being able to beat Barely, but beat the Utes, who are recognized as the cream of the crop along with the Ducks. You got those two teams. So, to me, it ought to seem like, well, wait a second, let's take a deeper look at this. They, yeah, they lost a singular game, but they managed to do something that's pretty impressive. Now, you take the Ducks, well, they travel across the country playing at, was that game in Atlanta? Where was that game against Auburn? I thought it was in Dallas. Was it in Dallas? I can check, but I was pretty sure right. that was in general so it's a, world. So it's a neutral field. Yeah. And then, then they lead and they lose. But then, assuming they take care of business the rest of the way, they manage to go undefeated in a conference known for parity. Yep. But yet, that could very well be, eh, well, thanks. You know, we appreciate you. We'll put you in a Rose Bowl. But you're just not good enough to be in the playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. If you don't know the Pac-12 by now, when are you ever going to know it? If you don't love me now, when are you ever going to love me? Because the only requirement then for to love is to go 12, 13 and zero. Yeah. In a conference known for parity, playing nine games, not eight, which is an underrated factor. The Big Ten degree. The Big Ten was getting in every year when they were playing eight. They've gone to nine, and their champion hasn't been led in two out of three years. It's a joke. I'm telling you. Not, not then. Let's screw the Big Ten. I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> they don't even have a freaking well, name. I don't even know how many teams are in their league. They know how many games uh, they're playing. 14 in their I can't now. figure that out. At least my conference, we reflected accurately. 
The Pac-12 has 12 teams. Well, it bears Walter Cronkite's the only conference that represents Walter Cronkite. You darn well better believe it's accurate. The Big 12 has 10. The Big 10 has 14. I mean, why don't we say the Pac-8? Pac-8 in the desert. Now we got the Pac-8, the desert, and the mountains. The Atlantic Coast Conference is all the way inland in Louisville, so that doesn't really make sense. I like the Pac-8 and the desert and the mountains. (laughs) A little wordy, but I like it. Gives a nice... You know exactly what you're getting. PADM? I can't even tell you all the teams in a conference, those other conferences, without looking at a map. I'm going to forget something. Well, here, if you go, boom, the Pac-8 plus the desert and the mountains, well, you know exactly. Okay, where's the desert? It's Arizona. Where's the mountains? The Rocky Mountains. Boom, Colorado and Utah. I'm good to go. I don't think any of that is going to get them in the playoffs. Name recognition. <laughs> you know that. That counts a lot. I do believe that. Get your that. product yeah. out there. Name recognition. So get Larry on a blower and tell him, Larry, change it. That'll bring you more credibility because this other stuff ain't working. Back eight in the mountains in the desert. Or do you go desert in the mountains? I got to think you go desert in the mountains because desert was there first. I was going to go MD. It sounds like a doctor, and somehow that gives you more respect. But DM, nah, but then you on. start thinking of acoustic wave therapy, and then you know, you're going down that road. And you're all, it's timely we'll as talk to Andrew here in just a minute. <laughs> and he's now doing commercials in Phoenix. I've heard him. Nice. We should talk to him about that when he comes in. Do whatever you want. Rockstar. It's up to you. So, so if it's not now, when? When USC is good again. As long as they go undefeated. You think but even they, one loss SC would get left out? Because their non-conference schedule is better. Historically, o- almost to the point, well, literally annually. Yeah. Because, well, first off, they got Notre Dame every year, and they have shown a willingness to do a home-and-home home with Ohio State, to do a home-and-home home with Texas. Somebody. Uh, they'll, I mean, they'll, if you'll play them, they'll play you. Takes two to tango. I suppose, yeah, if your non-conference is really, really good... And that's the thing with Utah is it, it, it's not really really good. It's bad. It Although was bad Oklahoma's this year. not really really good because their big game is going to be UCLA. Yeah, and but UCLA. they don't know that. I, I know, that. but but nonetheless, they, it's but not, you're supposed to play a Power Five. You are. Everybody and else it, does, and it'll be interesting to see if it comes to that and how good will they be down the road. But do you get credit for playing Arkansas? Because right now everyone's assuming that Arkansas is the yeah, bottom of the I, Power I Five barrel. About that, I mean, Kyle Winningham ain't going to be the coach then. So right, Utah could be five and five that year. So what, what are we worried about that for? Would you, if you mention Arkansas one more time, well, that's I'm getting to, up. That's who they've been willing to put on their schedule. Well, who cares? That's down the line. That doesn't help. But no effect this year, right now. This could be a once in a however long generation. And I know we got the the tweet. Oh, Utah's got Cam rising. Yeah, I mean, he got beat out. That's why he's here. And maybe he's all that. Yeah, we were talking about quarterbacks earlier in the show. But I am judging no quarterback until I see him or her out on the field. So, should Oklahoma get credit for their non-conference schedule playing Houston, South Dakota, and UCLA? Because they, there's a decent chance here Oklahoma who? wins out. Now, they would have two wins over Baylor compared to the whoever wins the Pac-12. A, yes. A 12-1 Utah or a 12-1 Oregon. Yes. Because they're gonna, they, Oklahoma's going to have two wins over Baylor at that point. So, that's going to carry them. If you think Baylor is that big of a deal, I guess it is. Well, that will be their big win. It won't be K-State. And then everybody else, uh, maybe Oklahoma State or Texas, will end up nine and three. 
Well, how do you know who's going to finish second in the conference? You've already anointed? Uh, you don't. I mean, right now, Baylor's first and Oklahoma's second. And right. behind that, there's K-State, Iowa State, and Texas are all sitting on three and two. So, Right. So how do you— They play? lost to K-State, so they won't, won't have a win over those guys. Well, I'm talking about Baylor. How do you know Baylor's going to finish first or second? I don't know that. You don't. There's still time for that to unravel. They got I mean, they barely beat a crappy West Virginia team. Yeah. Had to deflect the field goal there at the end. Yeah. So I'm not putting Baylor up there as all that. Well, Robert Griffin III ain't walking through that door. <laughs> That's because he's got leg issues. Probably still sore. Hey, he's the backup on the Redskins or the Ravens or something like that right now. Well, good for him, as long as he's drawing a paycheck. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Do you feel vindicated? Validated? Sometimes you say things, and just because of, uh, well, two things. One, because you're you, people disagree. Or two, I think sometimes the tone is so dismissive and sharp. Oh, and appeals. that. Yeah, I tone. know, right? But then we have on Hugh Freeze. Here's a guy who coached at Arkansas State in the Sun Belt. Got to Ole Miss, was there in the SEC for, uh, what, six or seven years, whatever it was. And now is the head coach at Liberty, and we had him on because they're playing BYU this week. And he said something that caught your ear. It validated you. He seconded your opinion. I got to say, I, I 85% of the way agree with him. I think there's one hitch in the giddy-up he didn't address. But largely, he's, he's true. The two things he did say have a lot of truth. I think he left out a third truth. But do you feel good when you hear that? Does it warm the cockles of what is left of your heart? No. Oh, okay. Why would it be? Ah, I don't need just, validation. I don't oh. need verification. <laughs> I speak truth. It stands on its own merit. Truth is truth when it comes from my mouth. I don't need somebody else across the country to say, oh, you know, you're right. No, I already knew I was right. Jake, can we get an amen, brother? Amen. It's a fact. <laughs> That's the way it is, man. I give you truth each morning. I spit truth loogies. <laughs> Here in the, what is it? The room of the truth. The rot. The room of truth. The rot. <laughs> We're not using that enough, PK. It's starting to slip <laughs> away. Let's use it more. We work in the rot. <laughs> <laughs> and when Hugh Free stepped into the room of truth, he said this. You know, I, I kind of am of the mentality that, that realistically there's probably, I don't know what you would say, but I would guess there's only six to you know eight teams in the nation on a given year that realistically have a chance to you know win the national championship, and, that, and eight may be a stretch. It's probably more like six. And then he goes on to say that the rest are just playing for bowl eligibility. Right. The one thing he left out is, and I do think the 6-8 number is right. I started counting it up. Who do you think is playing for a title this year? Bama, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State? The teams that spend the most money. Yeah. 
minus Texas. They spend a lot of money, but in USC, they're not getting there. But of the teams that spend the most money, you're right. Maybe Penn State and Georgia are playing. That's six. Yeah, at least for half the season anyway. Right. No, Penn State's still undefeated. They're still living the dream. This could be the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Georgia's got the path. Yeah. Clemson. I love Clemson out. That was one left out. I do think in between, there are teams playing for conference titles who would feel really good about that. or like, yeah, we're not going to win at all, but we can win the conference title. And they'll celebrate it, and their boosters will celebrate it. Their boosters will get more money. And they'll get new contracts for it. So I think that, and that's the thing that Liberty and BYU aren't playing for because they're independents. Okay, BYU, would you rather be playing, what, what would, you, would you want to be playing for the Mountain West title this year? Is that that big of a deal to you? You'd have a good shot at it, right? You've is already, that, Hans, you've already that, beaten Boise State. Is that that big of a deal to you? Eight five five three four zero zone. It's that big a deal for the Utes if they win the Pac-12 title. I mean, they're a team that I think was not playing for bowl eligibility. I mean, we kind of when they won their sixth game, we we did yeah, the but tours, that, tours. That, that's fluid. It's college sports. It's all fluid. Not, no, it's not. Ohio State's not playing for bowl eligibility every year. It's never fluid for them. They want to be playing for the national championship. And Alabama's not playing for bowl eligibility. It's never fluid for them. As long as Nick is there, they're playing for the championship. Is he leaving anytime soon? But Is Clemson playing for bowl eligibility? So nothing. No, I totally disagree. It's not always fluid. For some teams, it's the same thing every year. Do you win a couple of ball games because that's going to decide if you go to the playoff or whatever. It used to be the big bowl game. Now it's the playoff. But for 98% of the other teams, it's about bowl eligibility. And maybe in a given year, that bowl eligibility includes the conference title. Right. But it's not like the Utes are going to all of a sudden be this big powerhouse for the next decade. Let's pump the brakes on that. I would agree with that. <laughs> and that, that's where the situation is fluid. When you get the senior quarterback yeah. and, you've got, and you've got him surrounded by six to eight NFL players. So you just and, change right. the names every now and, and again. Stanford had that going for a while, and hence they won three conference championships. And Arizona won a division and was playing for a conference championship, too. So, yeah, it's fluid to a degree, but basically those teams weren't playing for all the marbles. They're playing. They got hot that year. Things broke. You got a soft schedule. The the league is down. Your team is good. And what do you have? You have all sorts of high ranking playing for a a possible berth in the Rose Bowl. But who's to say that's going to be next year? No, Cam next year. rising aside. Next year. He's the new Jack Tuttle, apparently. So Utah was in 2014, 15, and 16. They were playing for, certainly in 15 and 16, they were playing for a conference championship, and they didn't get it. In 2017, they were just playing to be bowl eligible. But then if you don't get it, that's what you're playing for is bowl eligibility. You think you're playing for a conference championship until you lose. Well, right. But when you're playing for a national (laughs) championship, only one team is going to get it, even though six or eight teams are playing for it. Yeah, but they are legitimate now. They're legitimately playing for it every year. I realize only one team is going to get it. Tell me that the sun rises in the east. Give me more information I didn't know. But the rest of them, you think you're playing until you lose. That's where you hope the schedule is easy. Easy early so you could play the game. Oh, absolutely. And act that like I you're really it. in right. it. But you're not in it. You think you're in it, but you're not really in it. It's just the schedule. You played cream puffs early, so you're able to beat up on them. Did was, you, was Utah, were they playing for it last year? Yes. You don't think they were playing for it last year? Playing I mean, for, they were literally in the conference title game, so yeah. I mean, they were playing for it. Yeah, I'm talking about playing for the, the national. Na- yeah. No, they were not. 
No. Yeah, that's I don't have meant. Utah playing for the national. I didn't play for the conference. I think of the 130 teams. Hey, good for them. They were six and three, right. and the next best team was five and four. Right. Wow, you're really good. <laughs> There's 100 teams playing for bowl eligibility. They don't all get there. There's 30 teams playing for a conference title. They don't all get there. And there's six or eight teams playing for the national title. And they don't get they don't all get there either. Let's go to Josh. Josh, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Good, Josh. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Hey, a couple things. Um, you know, the, uh, you guys mentioned BYU and whether they would, you know, people would want them in the Mountain West playing for a championship. And whether that's kind of relevant or not or would be a big deal. I think for BYU, I really do think that's hurt them, especially late in the season, you know, with recruiting and not having anything to play for. And you're bringing recruits in and you're playing, you know, Liberty and UMass and UConn. And whatnot, and let's let's face it, recruiting's cranking up big time right now. When high school winds down, there's a lot of kids taking their official visits and stuff right now. Um, so I think that would help them out. To get okay, Josh, let me throw this at you: so that if they okay. were playing New Mexico and UNLV and Colorado State, there'd be all sorts of anticipation and excitement. Um, when you're playing for a conference championship, there's at least something to be playing for. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that because. One thing that returning to these cities over and over and over again, even though you might not want to be playing UNLV, but it's still a good recruiting footprint, and then you're not going there every year or every other year in Colorado. Denver's a big recruiting base. You know, you're not hitting those cities over and over and over again. You're kind of here, there, and everywhere. I mean, you know, um, playing in UMass or UConn or Liberty, I realize they're at home, but, you know, you're not – you're not touching that recruiting base anywhere. I mean, yeah, but is, a kid's is, not going to come to BYU from Vegas because BYU doesn't play in Vegas twice during his four years. I don't buy it. Uh, it I don't no, buy that either. That's, but that's not that's not the sole reason. But it is, you know, familiarity. PK, my, my son just went through this. He's he's a he's a freshman at Snow playing football down there. So we just went through the, this recruiting thing with him. Familiarity with the coaching staff is huge. Being comfortable with the coaching staff is huge. Okay, and the more. Kalani has FaceTime with a kid, it, the better it is. But you that know, has nothing to do whether you go to Vegas twice in four years. No, but again, it's familiarity. And I think having this kind of hodgepodge schedule where you're never really consistent about where you're hitting and your recruiting bases, where is BYU's recruiting base right now? Besides LDS kids, where is it? Well, it's LDS always, kids. It's always been LDS <laughs> kids. But it's, well, to mean, your point, but, it's Utah, but, they, but then it's Southern California and it's Arizona and, and to a degree Vegas or Hawaii. Okay, so you Texas. don't think that not going to Hawaii and not going to San Diego? Every, they haven't gone to Hawaii, year, but then they should have never left the WAC then if that was the case. They haven't been going to Hawaii consistently since 2000. Well, that's true, but Southern California, they haven't even recruited that much in Hawaii in the last little bit but southern california has been a big recruiting base for them and i would argue that them not playing san diego state is, is not helping them out at all well then they're good recruit. to go they are playing san diego state but not yeah. consistently to your point yes they are in a not month consistently. but not consistently well rocky doesn't want to so, play them and you know when you, when you divide these coaches up when your assistants are are, are helping you out you know they have recruiting areas Mm-hmm. You know, they have yeah. areas of the country that they recruit in. And when you know where you're going to be recruiting all the time and building the contacts of the high school coaches is important as well. You know, and it's just more difficult to do when you've got this hodgepodge schedule that's yeah. never kind of the so same. So then go back to it the Mountain is. West. That's going to solve their problems. I think it'll help. Yeah, okay. I do. All right. 
I see. That's the thing is, I think it would help. I don't think it would solve the problems. There's a new set of problems because Utah's in the Pac-12 and a whole Pac-12 is recruiting here. Now, thanks for your call, Josh. Yeah, thank you, Josh. I do think it would help. There would the, the Mountain West would create some big games. It would yes, also too. create. It would also create. Fresno. It would also create some lousy games. You're right. You can point to New Mexico and San Jose, and there wouldn't be any juice. There's not going to be any juice for UMass, and there's not going to be any juice. Right. Well, they, they for, have the same amount of big games. Look at next year's schedule. Next year's schedule is bigger than this year's schedule. Hence, look at yeah. next year's schedule. All right, we'll get to that coming up. I love it when I can say hence. Hence. <laughs> Henceforth. We will talk about that in in a moment. Let's but, do it. But not now. What we're going to do now. Let's talk with Andrew Reinhardt. I was going to work Hanson there, but then never mind. <laughs> He's from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. He joins us in studio now. The number for the Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. And you've been talking about this, uh, this new uh, option you're providing people who are having issues. Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. Um, when it comes to erectile dysfunction, there has not been all that many good options. Uh, the pill, injection, surgery. A lot of guys trying hormones now, like testosterone. Most failing when it comes to in my opinion, um, we have the first and only solution for erectile dysfunction that addresses the root cause of the problem. Uh, think about a guy with ED. He really needs more blood flow. So, guys, if you're struggling out there, you have a lack of blood flow. Our treatment, acoustic wave therapy, clinically shown to increase blood flow in this part of the body. Uh, that means that with a few short treatments over maybe two to three weeks, we can restore complete function and throw the pills away 801-901-8000 that's the number for andrew reinhardt and the wasatch medical clinic uh one medical condition can lead to another yeah. turns out turns out we're all interconnected in the uh the ankle bone the knee bone that that whole <laughs> childhood song it's true definitely um what's so cool is that if you call us now, we'll do this initial analysis, and I'll bet the doctor in 30 minutes could tell you why you have ED. So many guys, why do I have it? What's going on? Um, we do a blood flow ultrasound, an exam. It's normally $300, but guys, call us right now. We'll do it free. Um, I'll give you a, a, just a quick story. I had a guy come in the other day who was taking a medication that was causing his ED. The doctor told him in about five minutes, um, the treatments were not a good fit for him, and he's going to go stop taking that medication. Problem solved. That's free information. So if you're wondering, if you're curious, there's no obligation to go forward with our treatments. Give us a call right now. Come and do the assessment and see where you're at. The number, 801-901-8000. Andrew Reinhardt from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.